The Daily Talk Show, episode 588. Jordan Michaelides, welcome to The Daily Talk Show, buddy. <laughs> welcome, mate. myself in. No, you should. Well, Tommy had his hands in his yeah. hoodie, which made it hard. It was nice and warm, and I found a piece of egg in my... What no, is- no, eggshell, sorry. Oh. The, if it was the egg bit, it would have been disgusting. But mm. no, I've got a bit of shell in... Uh, in my um, <laughs> my hoodie. Solid. You're a real mess today, aren't you? Uh, absolutely not, mate. A milkshake, some <laughs> milkshake. <laughs> it was not a It's a smoothie that was on his thing. I mean, yeah. How's your food going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from actually one milkshake perfectly. guy. So uh, Jordan is from uh, Uncommon, the show, uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, last time we when I had you guys on, I wasn't eating food properly. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, 153 you're up to. Episode one five three. What um? What was our episode? What number was that? Under the hundred or? Uh, I was nah. over the hundred. We over filmed 100. you guys. So it was definitely mm-hmm. over hundred. I actually, I didn't actually check. One twenty. One twenty. Around that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, when we when we did meet you, that was for the first time. Now we've you know formed a bit of a friendship. Had some Friday night drinks. It's you know we're going strong. Um, you first <laughs> had gotten off the food mm. and gotten onto the smoothie food. Yeah, that and, was not fun. Uh, well, it wasn't. Uh, it's not like you did it on purpose, like you didn't want to do that. No. So so long story short, I had anxiety, which was was mainly panic disorder. Mm. Um, and it sounded so ridiculous. I just remember when we spoke about it <laughs> yeah. and, and you said to me, oh, come in on uh, Fat, Fat Friday, Friday yeah. and uh, we're going to get you to eat a burger. Well, <laughs> I, the funny thing is that like we thought about it, but we're like, we didn't want to be too gimmicky with you because yeah, obviously yeah. like a panic disorder is probably no, but, not something that you... <laughs> but you I, spoke, to- I spoke to my psychologist about it and I, I, I just, I said to her, I'm like, it just highlights how ridiculous mm. this thing yeah. is. Oh, so you're saying Josh is, was the reason you have now been able to start eating no, food? No, it's, it's just one of many catalysts that helped me get along the way. Did she subscribe to the pot? Did you say the Daily Talk Show for I, I didn't. I didn't plug it for you. Okay. I no. plug it enough in the show, I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and your guests too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I had panic disorder and um, it basically it got down to, it was so bad that um, the anxiety would make my mouth dry and then that would create this weird tick and sort of panic around eating solid food. I, I can't explain it other than how she explained it, which is it was a panic disorder. And mm-hmm. the way it manifested for me was in your digestive tract. So they, so call it, they call it like visceral hypersensitivity. Mine's uh, breathing. I uh, I get into yeah, like a sub-yawn as well, where yeah. I can't like get yeah. oxygen in. And so I, and I just keep going and it's- I think it, that's a real, co- that's quite common. Like- no, but it's like it can. It's that feeling of not being able to get breath. It's or you don't have enough oxygen. Yeah, in yeah. Well, so you're, you're overthinking it. Yeah. So that that was the issue. Mm. It was you just you start thinking about breathing and eating and normal things because you're so in your head. Are you past it now? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I started. Can... I started taking. Um, it got to a point. I did counselling. I think I did like twenty sessions, and she was just like, "Look, you've gotten so far. You've done a lot of work, mm. but you probably need to start taking. You probably have this underlying thing that." It probably runs deep in your family. I think that most of my family are quite A-type anxious individuals. Mm. And for me, it was just this is how it manifested. So I ended up taking – I take 20 milligrams of something called fluoxetine, which I'm pretty sure is Prozac in America. Oh, yeah. And was um, it is Prozac the one that just helps you study a- better? No, no. You're uh, thinking of um, – Ritalin. Like Ritalin, yeah. Mm. Adderall. What is pro- what's, the, what's the benefits of Prozac, Sebs? Should I get on it? Look, look up fluoxetine. fluoxetine yeah, it is. It's sold under um, the name Prozac. Yeah. So here they brand it fluoxetine. I think it's just, um, 
What do you you know when you go to the chemist and they, they mm. ask you do you want branded or non branded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, always like go non branded, yeah, right? Well, it's sure. cheaper. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Asthma pump There's is like six, seven dollars versus eleven dollars. My my old mate's um sister, she actually sells that stuff uh to all those chemists. So oh, she's it's like yeah. legitimately? Like, she's like she's big farm. she's a pharmacist. Big, pharma. big pharma. Yeah, big pharma. It's like those movies where where they go around on the Door to door, or like sales people, but, but most the of the non-branded companies. companies are basically smaller local companies that are making stuff because the the IP, the patent, whatever has mm. run out. Like public domain, like, like it's public knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean so dangerous. Like the EpiPen stuff, the regulation, like the laws around companies and how much they can charge because some of them are privately owned and can't be dictated through the government mm-hmm. and get subsidies and stuff. Mm. So some of them could come out and say. Nah, it's fifteen hundred bucks a pen. Yeah, yeah. And then all these people are panicking. Well, in- insulin's one. My brother's got type one diabetes, and that—if you dig into that—that's a shit show. It's—it's mm. it's actually really fucking annoying how the the pharmaceutical companies basically uh, dictate how this person can live their life. Mm. Like I had a mate as well who's got type one di- diabetes, and they got this new thing now where they have a pump, which is basically. M- mimics your pancreas and you have these tubes and it goes into like a needle. So it's pumping you with insulin all day long like you and I would do normally with our pancreas. So if you ate sugar, it's like it, it can regulate it, it you. It can regulate it yeah. based on your blood sugar. And um, he ran out of like these tubes and they'd stopped selling the tubes uh, that went with this model in Australia. It's like fucking Sony cameras, you know, you yeah. buy the specific. It's ridiculous. It's and like Apple changing the yeah, yeah, yeah. But his pump, his pump... Uh, he had to get a totally new pump, but his insurer wouldn't cover it. So uh, he was like out of pocket by ten grand. That's and then he had to work it out with his new insurer to insurer to get the actual pump. But um, anyway, back back to your original question yeah. around what did it do? It just stopped me panicking. Okay. What does that feel like? Um, like when you start focusing on your breathing, you just start focusing on your swallowing. Mm-hmm. And so when you take it. Take the medication. It's it like long goes acting. away. It's long acting, so it takes like a few weeks to kick in mm-hmm. and a few weeks to stop. But um, yeah, it just makes me feel normal. Like I still have elements of anxiety, mm-hmm. but I just don't panic anymore. So is it the? So it doesn't just fix the swallowing thing. It fixes the cause, which that, then all the other things. It, it fixes one of the key symptoms that that blocks you mm-hmm. from from getting over this thing. Basically. Does it? Does it start? I wonder. Like say something like that. Does all of a sudden you have less fear, like jaywalking? Nah, nah. So they've got it pretty like dialed in. I, I think. I mean, the the this is the thing with psychology and you know using chemicals like this, right? Mm. Like we we have these connections, and this is why you for her she, the psychologist was saying to me that you're just not going to be able to stop this thing because you build up this connection so strong in your brain that. You, you'll actually take this medicine. It will stop the panic, but mm-hmm. you still do it by habit. Sure. Wow. So, like, I, was, I still do it a little bit with pills, but I don't have any panic, like, no feeling of panic or Is or that medication a pill? Uh, yeah. That's fucking annoying at the start. No, no, but it'll go over time. It's just that I have to no, keep No, but at the start, like, how myself. the fuck do you swallow a pill? If you've got a problem swallowing- Oh, and they're they, like, hey, to fix the swallowing, we need you to swallow this pill. They, they just gave me a- um, Crush it down or some not shit. A, not a cru- like one that if you put it in water, it sort of breaks oh, down. The oh, dissolve. Yeah. Yeah, I, used the to give my, I used to give my dog a pill um, in butter. Do you remember that with dogs? No. Did you have a dog, Jordan, growing up? I never, yeah, I did, but I never get, I mean, we gave it in their food, not yeah. butter. I used to get it in butter and just put it oh, mm. 
and it'll go down. <laughs> Medication's a funny one. I've um, I feel like I do. I'm you a, take anything? Well, so I realised uh, I've gotten into the habit of taking something, and I think it's low level. But we've got this migraine stick at home, hmm. and it smells like peppermint. It's not. It's not medication. Okay, we're not talking. Medication. We're talking actual so pharmaceutical okay. drugs. Because I was just wondering. Because I've just started not even using it for my. I put it on yeah. like oh, like this morning. I was like, oh, I'm just put it on. It's not. Nice. It's or like whatever. putting tea tree oil on your little hands. And so that is fine. <laughs> you look up any, well, because I guess you'd look at like uh, no nasal spray. It's a, mm. That's, that's a one that, drug, yeah. that can be an issue. Yeah. But um, no, I haven't taken anything. But I think that uh, we're talking about the um, uh, genetic test stuff. Which one did we oh, get? 23 and Me. 23andMe. Yeah. And so when I got the 23andMe done, it wasn't as regulated by, mm. it's not the FCC. What is it in the US? The um, The medical... Side of the things. FDA? FDA. FDA. Yeah. So the FDA uh, went in and said, you can't be giving all this health health information mm. from a genetics point of view with 23andMe. You can only give the, like the genealogy, like the family Mm-mm. stuff. We, origins and- But mm. I don't know if we log, if I log into the website, but I used to be able to see all these medical studies- and whether I was like predisposed to certain things. Yeah, you can- yeah, I you mean, still do that? There's one called Found My Fitness- um, oh, yeah, so, so basically what Rhonda you do Patrick's. is you download the data. Yeah, Rhonda mm-hmm. Patrick. Mm-hmm. And so you download the data, then you upload it to this other system, other piece of software. Rhonda Patrick's the most well-known one because mm-hmm. she covers uh, metabolism and lipids, which is sort of the key thing for that, that you, we can all make decisions on. Like there's no point putting it in for cancers and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff because you can't effectively make a decision. So metabolism, on, what is it going to say? Josh, you got a slow metabolism. Like as an example for me, I, I think I was saying this to Bree when we <laughs> were talking about it, that I have um, this genetic thing uh, that my mum has as well, where if I eat food that is higher in saturated fat, it actually spikes my blood glucose. Mm-hmm. So I noticed when I stopped eating as much saturated fat, uh, I dropped like a few kilos. Oh, this is good. Sevs, are you around this? Are you getting excited about this? And so, hang on. The no, the anomaly there is that saturated fat shouldn't be elevating your glucose for most people. Yeah. For most people, yeah. So you shouldn't go on fucking keto or something. For for me, I was on keto for a, a long period, not a long period. Let's say eighteen months. Put on twenty kilos. <laughs> yeah. Well, I put on weight. Yeah. I was you like, eating a lot this, of cheese. I fucking ate so much dairy. Well, More che- dairy che- than I cheese is fine if you're having an imbalance with something. Like I might have cheese with some salmon and so on. But it just, to me, it highlighted the fact that we all have a background, right? Mm-hmm. And there are certain foods that we are more obliged mm. to based on that background. Like most of my ancestry is islands nearby the sea. So I probably shouldn't be having lots of beef based on that fact. Mm. Or, you know, Do you like go to fish and chip shop a lot? Uh, I have a lot of fish. The pla- the- where, where, are you, where are the islands? Greek islands? Uh, so Cyprus, um, which is near Turkey, and it's a, okay. like a predominantly Greek. Um, and then uh, my my mother's family is from like northern England, but near the coast. Yeah. Um, but she's got this, she did the gene test as well. She's got this thing where like uh, 90% of the population in, what is it, uh, Scandinavia has this gene. Mm. So- um, it sort of lends is it the a good-looking gene. Or? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand it fully, but it just seems like yeah, Vikings came over to this part of England and raped and pillaged, and therefore they have those genes. Oh, fuck, it's so full on. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it like that, mm. where how we've ended up here through those years. Mm. It's a bit so, ridiculous. I mean, so there's a few things going on at the moment in the world. Um, 
the new disease that's broken out in China, the virus that's broken out in that's, China. That's nothing, by the way. I really, to tell you, us, you got the in, insight. I, I've been, I've been obsessed with it in the last twenty four hours. I, Is the, that out of a worry that you could like? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've always, I, I love the movie Contagion. I love okay, that movie, yeah. and I've loved. So one of my best mates, um, he's from Zimbabwe, and his dad's a probably the most one of the most preeminent. Uh, I don't know what they call them now. Infectious Blankton. disease. He studies expert, infectious yeah. disease. He's mm -hmm. in Johannesburg in South Africa. So mm -hmm. he never migrated over to um, Australia because he had um, he, he was so prominent over in Africa and obviously. I thought you were going to say he caught one of the diseases. No, no, no. Customs. Yeah. But, but so he he taught me a few little facts. The first thing is what they call the kill rate. So as as morbid as that sounds, you got to mm. look at how many people, how many documented cases of mm. people being infected versus how many people have died. You really eyeballed me when at you this, said kill rate. At this rate. point, <laughs> seventeen people have died from this. Ah. But, the, but then, but there's a lot of people that have been infected, and and then there's been people dying in hospitals that they don't yeah. haven't checked for this specific virus. Another thing that he told me is that um, how quickly it comes about. So. So you can be infected mm. and you can it can be dormant in your body for 10 days before you start seeing symptoms. And even those symptoms can be quite quite benign, like a cold or something like that. But if it's like immediate, which is what this disease is, then it's actually not an effective disease because your body will see it. It means that your body's discovered it very quickly and will start killing it off quicker. The sooner you're seeing symptoms, the sooner the... The better it better, is. Yes, that's, yeah. yeah. So, so basically who it will be bad for is immunocompromised, which is children and elderly uh, yeah. people. Yeah. And that's why you go and get vaccinations. I mean, things. how good are you guys? Get, so, you know, like people talk about anti-vaxxers and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So there's that side of things. And then there's the anti-adminers, which I guess it's <laughs> adminers. the... Adminers. So it's like... I'm not anti-vax, but I'm not going to the doctor much. Like I'm not doing, no, I'm not no. like, I do, the thing, so do we you, need, in our workplace, idea. do we need to start setting up like no. flu shots? No, no, you can. Well, some, you some workplaces Sounds like Sevs wants to. You should. Yeah, I'll do a I'd, flu I'd be, shot. I'd be happy to. Yeah. The thing, so <laughs> no, let me tell you, real quick. let me tell you that. Watch your horoscope. The kid, oh, so in children, <laughs> it is geared. So if you're an anti-vaxxer as a parent with a child. No, no, no. If you're an anti-vaxxer as a parent with a child. You're giving real pushback to the system because yeah. the the government actually Holds money. give yeah. you subsidies mm -hmm. if you are playing ball and vac vaccinating. And so the anti-vaxxers, I mean, it is a pretty I, serious I think thing. I think in Victoria they started imposing like um, financial impact. Oh, did we missed Bodie's vaccination at... Uh, he was a bit sick. We took him in. They said, look, come back another time. We waited a couple of weeks. He got sick again as we booked in, just had a little cold. And then they're like, ah, oh, hold off. And then we lost money. They held money for daycare, which means we were out of pocket severely. Really? It was fun. Little Bodie, we don't care if you're sick. You're getting this little <laughs> Mate, I just like, jab. give me the syringe. I'll do it. And so we got it done. But then it was very hard. It was admin city. Uh -huh. It created more admin than, what, than previously. One place I don't want to visit. So annoying. Admin City. So, admin City. Admin Horrible what, place. Hang on, what is Admin City? Is this Medicare? Dude, people that don't like Admin. No, Me no, admin. no, no, no. That's it. it. I've got um, Centrelink and Medicare. Like Amy yeah, spent what would be hours in that joint. Medicare's all right. Fucking have a kid are and then try that, buddy. Are you kidding me? No, Medicare, you just, you just uh, swipe your card what or Medi whatever. What Medicare are you going to? <laughs> Well, well when I, you, you don't go to, I don't go to any of them. Just use the card. Cent so Centrelink is connecting with, and so the- 
so it is all, all a part, like Amy's trying to it's all a part of talk, like the with, mic of. talk with the subsidies, disconnecting. Sh- oh, my God. Yeah. The nightmare there. If you have there. to call or if you ever have to go into a branch, it's a nightmare. It's, it's yeah, just it's a night, like right off half the day. Yeah, Centrelink aren't just giving dole payments. They're also mm. looking well, yeah, after they're checking, yeah. family yeah. benefits and shit like that. This reminds me of like, uh, do you guys know Michael Cusack? No. I, I heard the name. Who, who is he? We we interviewed him recently, but he's like a cartoonist and he, he does like a bit where it's like these Darrow's per se, these bogans at the centre, like complaining about how long it takes, and they're just like, "Why don't you just give us a job?" <laughs> That's a good point. Like, it's fair. No, anyway, I just thought of that. So, um, so there's the virus thing going on, but there's yeah. also, um, have you heard the conspiracy, Jeff Bezos? That he what? So Which one? Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a few. Did Look his it up, phone Seb. Was yeah, so he is saying the Saudi prince WhatsApped him. And infected his iPhone, and then these leaked text messages or comms through that someone would have had to have access to his phone oh, I love were this. released, oh. and it was about him cheating on his oh, yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. Is this the? Cr- Can you just find it? Is this the Crown Prince? Crown. Yeah. So the Saudi so the- Prince was trying to get dick pics off. Yeah. Jeff, hey but- Jeff, what's <laughs> up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then just yeah. infects his phone. Honestly, I would not put that past the Saudis, yeah. mate. So, like, how much money is at this? Throwing a lot of shade at the Saudis. I, I said to Amy, Look, I know, I know the geopolitics <laughs> okay, of that area so well, and oh, no one likes the Saudis. The <laughs> <laughs> like Saudi people are lovely people, yeah, but, but the, the Saudi government are awful. The um, I I've been uh, deep diving into Iran. Mm-hmm. I want some clarity on this. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We yeah, were, and the twenty three and Me thing, I got five percent. Yeah, Iranian. He's, he's Iranian, so potentially from my, from my dad's side. Potentially, you won't like how Josh has been talking about it. No, no, no but it's actually. Like I've, I've been saying nothing like what you've said about the Saudis. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the UN has called for an investigation into the allegations that the Saudi Crown Prince was involved in hacking Jeff Bezos' phone. Where are you but reading the UN this from? calls into this, everything. This is literally on. Is that the thing? The United yeah. Nations Human Rights oh, website. Yeah. So when would? How do you get the UN involved? That seems. Is that scary? Is that big? I don't like. I don't know. The UN doesn't seem like a very powerful body to mm. me anymore. I mean, Jeff Bezos could be more powerful than anybody in the world based on his net worth. Like mm. he's the richest guy in the world. I so don't know. I don't know, I don't know paying, enough about it, honestly. Couldn't he be paying off people? Well, yeah, we don't know, do we? <laughs> Man, I, I just. It, <laughs> I love that you are speculation. At this stage, these, are, cons- these are conspiracies, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. It's conspiracies. Well, no, well, that's pretty, not even, pretty latched if, onto it if, if the, the UN's, UN's like, talking about it. I think it's more than a conspiracy. But what's interesting, like, how do you send that stuff through WhatsApp? How about for an iPhone? He's got an iPhone, yeah, for sure. But, uh, well, yeah, but WhatsApp and iPhones are pretty locked down. That's okay. what I meant, yeah. Like, so this some is some Saudi shit going uh, on. Right, so how about this? How about this? shit. Right. So the doco that I just watched this morning on Iran- you're watching docos in the morning yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what was it? What was <laughs> it? Uh, Dude, that's a lot. Like it's pretty <laughs> that's indulgent. indulgent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, I'm like, I don't want to leave until the <laughs> office and uh, home until quarter to nine, so I can then get my coffee and be at the post office just after they open, because I was collecting my books. I love that yeah. you're doing this before our interview. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> well, what did, what did you do? I just got up and went to a meeting. <laughs> yeah, similar. <laughs> but no, so I was watching this doco. And um, uh, do you guys remember that there was a virus? I think it was like uh, mid-2000s mm. uh, that I remember it getting a bit of news coverage, but it was actually targeting a nuclear power um, site in Iran. 
Do you remember the this? virus was Stuxnet? Yes. What's it called? Stuxnet. Go so Stux. Stuxnet. S T U X N E T. Stuxnet. You've got a very good memory because I watched the doco and I couldn't remember what the virus yeah, they, was called. You, you you remember what it did? Yeah. What, what did it, it do? do? So <laughs> this, is, this is a game. This is, are you testing his memory, yeah. or you just want to? Yeah. Know? I want to know. Well, yeah. How well was I watching the doco? So basically, what it did was um, uh, the nuclear uh, power stuff has these fucking I don't know what they're called rods. Yeah, tube things or whatever, and they've got like uh, it's what the fuel cell is in. Yeah, it's a reactor, right? It's in yeah. a reactor, and they've got like fan, like they've got like all these like mechanical bits, like as a fan or some shit. Yeah. It's co- it's cooled by water, basically. Yeah. And so what happened was, and why I thought it was interesting in regards to the disease and talking about the effectiveness of a disease. I guess you can look at a computer virus. You know, it's a virus. They specifically did the whole Stuxnet thing so that it would knock them out slowly. So they could have uh, got it all happening straight away and fucked everything. But what they did is by turning on these like... Um, they turned uh, they turned the uh, the coolant up and down. Yeah. So it went into like mini... Um, God, what's the word when a reactor Like Homer fails? Simpson. Meltdown. Like it a- like went into a... Not a meltdown, but it, it was testing like these levels, but the software didn't show it on the display. Mm. So they only found out because... Like they, they caught it somehow. Like they, 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 there was they a guy of, in there the was five thousand of those like rod things or whatever it's called. They didn't call them rods. They're like the big fucking. Sebs, can you say what it's? They're rods. So the way the way it works is like a grid. It's like a big square grid, and uh-huh. they've got all these little rods that are like fuel, like but batteries. What's in the so the the rod, there's an outside of the rod. What's that yeah. called? It's some sort of metal. Yeah, it's like a cylinder. Maybe it's like cylinder things. And then the fuel, I, I the fuel is called the middle. Nu- nucle- nuclear centrifuge. 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 Yeah, the centrifuge is the middle bit, mm. though. So the, the the rods have got like um. You guys seen uh, what was that? The uh, Simpsons. No, no, the show uh, Chernobyl. Oh, that was great. Yeah, how good nah, is that? Yeah, great doco. So you like well, not wait, doco, the doco but mini series? No, no, mini series. All made up. It's on Prime. Yeah, it's great. No, it's it's about Chernobyl. It was a oh, it was a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. It was a joke. The fiction. Because, he well, was posting about it. Remember, I remember seeing there was you were posting like clips of the yeah, it's show. Unbe- it's unbelievable. But, so your got around your it. nuclear chat right now is this the equivalent of me watching an air crash crash investigation of an A three eighty and being like I'm now an aviation expert. Uh, me. Or do you, yeah, or do you? Uh, I mean, you, I've my brothers. Um, me and my brother love this topic. Okay. So he studied maths and he's really into like nuclear energy. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's taught me a lot. But um, I I wouldn't say I'm by no means an expert. I just find it really but, interesting. Yeah, good that you remember. <laughs> like, I wish that I could remember shit. I'll yeah. remember it later, but it's too do you, fresh. Do you find in interviews, like, are there certain things that you forget? Like, I always forget last names or sometimes I just forget names in the middle of an interview when mm. I know that I should know this name. What's well, like Ethan oh, Didascalo. The, the day before he comes on, I'm trying to remember his name, how to say <laughs> it. And on the day, you're like, you fucking stumble or you sort of say it, you would have nailed his name. No. Yeah, well, it's not actually pronounced the right way. It's pronounced Arthur Didascalo, but he You're tells be everyone. Fucking kidding me! No, but so he, I've been no, learning tells, the wrong. He tells everyone. To, I actually pronounced it the Greek way when I did my intro, and he's oh. like, "Actually, can you do it again?" Because I just go by like Ethan. Really? You did too much. He's just given up. He's just given up. You overbaked it. It's like my, with my last name. Because that's a good flex. I like that. It's like, oh, can I have? Yeah. The, um, 
It's like going to a restaurant and using like fillet the of fish, yeah, or fillet of fish. Uh, you know, <laughs> mate, what's the fillet of fish? Yeah, you just want the fish, don't you? You mean the fillet of fish? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's like going to a Thai restaurant and saying, you know, Saudi crap, and they're like, do you mean hello? Hi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, I've been down a rabbit hole uh, on YouTube of they're like um, real sort of like headline uh, names for these videos. It's like um, white guy uh, uh, f- like blows. Chinese people's minds by oh, ordering yes. in. I've seen that. Um, like uh, whatever, <laughs> like pot- fluent Chinese, yeah. and so he's like this, just a white American dude walking in. It's like, hi, can I sit down? And and then all of a sudden he's speaking, just like one It's yeah. amazing. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> it was close to it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I can imagine you clicking. Well, Hamish uh, Blake did that in uh, Italy. What learned a bunch of Italian? Yeah. And then impress the it's family. Not, it's not the same though. This yeah. guy's like a polyglot, yeah, where they know like multiple well, languages. He spent a lot of time working on. It's clearly like YouTube, YouTube bait. Like he's going in there, he's pretending like, oh, I'm just this dumb fucking American yeah, guy. Yeah, and yeah. He's so he's setting it up like that. Fluent. But then there's a whole genre of this shit online. It I want to be that guy. Everywhere. That What's an easy it? way that I could do it? Because that's a lot the to pro- learn. The, I, think, I think there's something. Um, like, po- like these people who can learn languages so easy, there's something mm. that they just, the way that they learn, they must have some sort of uh, not genetic ability, but like mm. a learning ability above others. Isn't it annoying? They get that. And then I, and what I get is like not being able to breathe and you can't swallow. Like, <laughs> it's a real, could go either way, right? I think theirs is a choice. That other stuff is probably more happening. No, but without- that's a genetic, like, they, they're just genetically smarter than we are as well. You don't I mean, think? I think, yeah, there's a, I think there's a whole people that are struggling genetically and have worked out how to maximize the little genetics they have. Yeah. And so that's uh, like, I think it's like your, your ability to learn. Maybe mm. it's just like that they're more, they're more, they're better with like fl- language than they mm. are with numbers. Well, mm. I'm going to get, Sevs, what's the thing that I said I want to get into in 2020, the card thing? So I remember shit. Fuck, this is ironic. Oh, Quizlet. Yeah, Quizlet. Do you think it is like the relying on Sevs now <laughs> where you're trying to <laughs> Well, I'm, I just remember everything Because well, well, the thing is I've got, so this is how he's I He's already said onto it. I can just see but his eyes like he's already well, So I've got like, so I have, I reckon my problem is I'm taking too much information every day. So before I like come into the office, I've probably watched two and a half hours of stuff. It's fucking yeah. crazy, dude. And so, so crazy. And then I like walk in and I'm like listening to stuff still. You need and a I'm kid, like, mate. Yeah, no, nah, nah, <laughs> but I wouldn't be able to consume all this stuff. Yeah. And so I guess the hard thing is that I'm like doing this and I'm just sort of hoping that some of it sticks. What yeah. does stick? Uh, Ethan Didascalou. Like how to say his, his name. Yeah, but not at the time you needed it. Yeah, yeah. but now it can. So, then, so I, we need to get him back on. Just call him. I yeah. called him and I said I, I delivered that. Yeah, yeah, I said that. And so, no, but I think that it's, it takes time. And so um, I caught up uh, with my mate Nasan, who we've got on the show tomorrow, and uh, he's Persian. And uh, so I was talking about Iran stuff and then sort of like going, mm. oh, like, hey, this is what I know. Like, tell me more. Like, what else? Mm. What else is there? But so I feel like I'm moving along. I remember more stuff. Remember I couldn't remember Qasem Soleimani's Name, the it's, it's, the it's general name, that but was. I mean, but now I know it. Yeah. So I need to. The problem is that then all of my conversations are skewed with the little bit that I know. So what what helps you remember things though? Like, do you, are you a like do you 
pair like a visual thing. So car sign, I did like a, a car symbol and a equal sign. Yeah. Sign. So car and sum. Car sum. Mm. Soleimani. Yeah, that works. It's good. How do you remember stuff? Um, I feel like I um, append like images to it. Yeah. Like if I if I think about a memory, I often think about like a photo of that situation, that topic, that mm-hmm. book, whatever it may be. So when you're researching, when you you are uh, one of the best researchers, I feel like whenever you are uh, uh, got an, someone on your show, within a few minutes they've said you've done your research. Yeah, it's usually because back in twenty two thousand nine, you had an ABN registered under <laughs> a company of <laughs> Josh yeah. Jensen family. Yeah. How much time are you spending on ASIC? <laughs> just out there, right? And so, yeah, what's the? Um, how do you get all the information and then sort of reconcile it into something that you can then use in an interview? It's hard. I mean, um, I don't know. I just. I spend a day just or a few hours just getting as much in, like just slamming my brain with with information. Mm-hmm. I put it into this document, which generally has a structure because I want it, the interview to be sort of biographical. And then I'll go to bed that night. Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I won't. But the next day I sort of have allowed my brain to sort of let it sift through and settle. Mm-hmm. And then – I'll just go through all of the notes and come up with like, you know, their early life and then key topics and then things that round out. So um, it's just just consuming as much things mm-hmm. as possible. Do you listen to other podcasts where oh, yeah, people yeah. have been on? Yeah. Like your interview with um, mm-hmm. Ethan was mm-hmm. super handy. Um, I like to see like, you know, things that are – that aren't covered or mm-hmm. are covered. So I don't I don't want to cover things that have already been done. Oh, definitely. To, I hate that. Yeah. Um, and you know that there's certain people, especially if they're sort of in the media or being media trained, they know their story and they can just fall into this, the narrative. Mm. Yeah. I like, do you guys watch Hot Ones? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so I really have always, my interview style was along that similar uh, way that he sort of builds the preamble into mm-hmm. it. So you show that you're, you, you understand this thing about their history because some people just have like these these PR lines in their head that they feel they have to mm-hmm. get out there. So I just give them, I just put it out there so they don't have to go yeah. through it again and then I'll ask something that is different about that topic. Like That's page five of Google, I feel like you spend a lot of time. Like you, yeah, I always you get down re- to page 10. Yeah. If page I can. 10, is it page yeah. 10? It's page 10 where it gets, gets good. It depends on the person. I mean like um, – uh, Ethan yesterday is, an, is a good example. He just has so much stuff that you get to page 10. Mm. It's just the same like PR related interviews. And so I look for the deeper interviews like the one that you guys did. He did an interview on the AFR, which was really quite in depth. Mm-hmm. And then he did another one for some magazine, uh, direct to consumer mm-hmm. mag or something like that. That was super helpful. Was he impressed by you being able to pronounce his name properly? Like... Um, oh no! If you got to do know. it again, I think maybe he he might expect it, being that we oh, both really? have a Greek background. Can you speak Greek? No, not a word. I went not to I went I went. To, well, I can speak like random words, but not conversationally. I'm actually it was the ones the ones floating around in the um, primary school yard, Malacca and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> I, I I went to Greek school for a week when I was like five or six. When I was at primary school. Fuck, so I remember like kids Saturday. going to like Sunday Greek school. Yeah. Mm. Bentley East Primary, I think it was. Bentley East Fuck. on Brewer Road. Yeah. They had, do you know Bentley East Primary? No, but I, I, it, I know that they went out that way. Yeah. Kids around my neighbourhood, there were some Greeks that lived up the road. Ah, oh, we had some of the best spits down there. Yeah. So we, I went to there and I just, I hated it. I got teased because I had like 
fairer hair and I couldn't speak much Greek at all. Like most of these ki- kids are speaking Greek at home already mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm just this dumb, dumb Aussie kid as, as they used to say. <laughs> dumb, 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 dumb Aussie kid. <laughs> dumb, dumb Aussie and kid. And I couldn't, I couldn't speak much English and so it was like, yeah, it was like being a baby again. It, do, you sort of, do you feel sometimes then? I really regret it. I really regret that my parents didn't follow through and I have a, I have a theory that uh, it's the parents, the the mother who defines whether you'd learn uh, like a, you know, what a language mm-hmm. as a kid because you spend more time with your mum in the first two, three years, let's mm-hmm. say. Like I've noticed that friends who, a lot of friends who are Greek, the ones who had fathers who are Greek versus mothers who mm-hmm. are Greek, the ones who had mothers are Greek, almost all of them speak fluent Greek. That's why they, like when they're working um, in developing countries, they spend so much time, time on the mother, on yeah. the mothers and mm. the women because it's like if you can give the support to them, mm. they're actually going to fucking, yeah. th- they, they hold the community yeah, together. I think, I think um, Christopher Hitchens spoke about this like plenty of times. Like if you educate and give women access to the proper health care, mm-hmm. then you can actually measure how many uh, GDP points, like percentage points, mm-hmm. the economy will increase. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. It's, it is crazy that you could just, like Bodhi's born in Australia, you could drop him in Greece, Mykonos, he grows up and would speak fluent Greek. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Do like, it? yeah. That sounds fun. Well, you I mean, like you shouldn't do a that. bit too much. <laughs> no, I like him a bit but too much. But you could maybe go. I'd there. rather wait till he's 18 and then we go party on the Mykonos. Do the show live from Athens. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> nah, Mykonos. I've, I've done, done, Athens. I've, um, Athens is great. Yamas. <laughs> I've actually, uh, I've done a show. We've recorded from Athens. Oh, yeah. There we go. We have done a show from yeah, Athens. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, the hotel, I remember, had great internet, especially because I'd just uh, been in Paros. Mm. Where Seriously? the um, the internet was shit. Oh, I mean, on the Athens island or whatever. Is the big one. Athens, it was like it was actually really good. I think I was getting like 100 megabits up and down. It was yeah. really good. We'll be going. Well, I mean, so my family's from Cyprus. We'll be going to Cyprus for our honeymoon next mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, get back to the roots. But I've never been to uh, to Cyprus or Greece. And you were looking at Japan for your wedding. Yeah, you love Japan, don't you, mate? Uh, it's just more the fact that like we've got these big fan. I've got a big Greek family. Um, my mum's family is also big. She's one of ten. So is it a filter system? Like they don't want to go to Japan? Uh, no, yeah, I don't. <laughs> we we were like we just want to do an overseas wedding because that won't place as many obligations to have as many people. Say if we have it here locally, yeah, but approved. Yeah, yeah. Approved great thinking, absolute. mate. It, my my brother did that in Bali and got a hundred and something people. But that's yeah. what happens when you go to Bali. <laughs> like Bali, it's, it's yeah. Bali's not exactly. I, I just Bali's don't think. Like I don't state. think the logic's yeah. there unless you're going to Norway and no, you start, Japan. Like, but I guess if he, it, yeah, I guess you got to find the most neutral place. Things that yeah, aren't yeah. neutral, like Fiji, Vanuatu, mm, anything yeah. too tropical. The, the rationale with Japan was that we'd been there twice in the last. Um, I don't know, 18 months for, for tra- just personal mm-hmm. travel. And we're like, well, it's too far to go to Europe and spend all that money plus to have the wedding by the time we want to have it. Mm-hmm. So let's just go to Japan. It's quick, it's easy, and we'll have a look then. As it as it proved otherwise, uh, it was just- Not it wasn't, easy. It's not easy. You're not doing it there? No, I mean, like a celebrant here, as an example, a very good celebrant, you'll pay 1000 to $1,500. Uh, they speak English for a start. Uh, you won't have any issues registering the marriage. Whereas over there, it's like four grand for a decent celebrant. <laughs> so yeah, what the hell? yeah, because they have to the the way they have like provinces. So you got to have 
the wedding, let's say you have it in Nagano, which is just outside Tokyo, and then they've got to register the marriage there, then that marriage has to be registered with the embassy, then the embassy um, f- from both sides has to recognise it, then you've got to go back and register yeah, your you marriage. Fucked it. It's just ridiculous. Or you could get married at the office in the CBD here in Melbourne and then yes. go and have well, a we wedding, pay we, an actor, we thought 800 bucks we from Star Now. Elvis, <laughs> they'll dress up as whatever you want. <laughs> Matt Diavella did the drive through um, yeah, drive through wedding. wedding Vegas, thing, baby. Vegas. Yeah. We, we, we thought we'd do that, but then when we were in Japan this time around, there was also a typhoon and like yeah, Lauren's no parents were just like really not keen. They were just like, we do not want you to get married in Japan. Just don't really? do And it. so what are you doing? Where are you getting married? We're getting married at um, Portfield Estate on the peninsula. <laughs> You've really come around that. Beautiful. <laughs> it's very close to where her parents live and we've uh-huh. got a lot, like they've got a house there that people can use and it's... um. It's gonna be good. Just, will it just stress you out a little bit the whole wedding thing? Or to be honest, we just realised like with the amount of connections we have mm-hmm. amongst Melbourne, it just didn't make any sense to do it God, anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, and it's proved cheaper anyway. My my parents and her parents are stoked because they don't have to travel mm. now. So, well, I mean, it will be just a memory in a year and a half's time. <laughs> yeah, that you can watch back or not if you don't get a videographer. Mm-hmm. When are you gonna get married? Uh so the the wedding thing is what I'm not sure on the we, the wedding side of things, like the idea of um. Have you guys all the spoken? People. Have you guys spoken about it? Yeah, I I like the idea of like being a little bit older, and so then you what, can what really do you mean though. Well, so say if we're like 35 or something. Mm-hmm. So if you're in your like 30s, then you've really because you think about how many people have weddings, and it's like oh, what happened to your best man? It's like oh yeah, we've falling out of touch, not really like connecting anymore. Like that happens with everyone, right? Like if you go into and look at someone's- I don't think it applies in this case. How long have you guys been together? We've been together 12 years. Yeah, same with Lauren and I. And so the thinking being, it's like if I, if we're really, I mean, this is the thinking and maybe it's a little bit flawed, super cashed up. We even potentially have our own place. Like wouldn't it be fucking awesome to have Mm. an epic place where you can have a really cool wedding, but you have it at- our own home or mm. something like that. I don't know. But then we need to, we're not having it in the Collingwood apartment, unfortunately. <laughs> like just, there's a lot of funny. wind. No, I think that's fine. You um, you can just have a party too. You don't have to do yeah, the you don't even have parties. I don't have parties. You can have a dinner. What do you mean you can you have, have a big party? Sit- I have parties. Yeah, Friday night drinks. Oh, we did that once. Yeah. Big and we'll do it again. Are we going to do it again? Yeah, we'll definitely do it again. You can have a, just a um, big dinner or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. No, definitely. Like, or you can go into, you should just. Just, just do shock it. everyone, go yeah. to the city, get married. Do it on this just weekend. Paper. Do it this weekend. You literally, I actually got a book in. Can we find out about, I think it's about 200, 240 bucks to go into the CBD. Could we do it public I, holiday I, Monday? Someone has no, to be yeah. there to witness. I'd be happy to. Mr. 97's could too. We could do it for a bit of content. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. And, and, um, and next minute you Would married. you bring the gimbal? Would you do, yeah. Would you be our videographer yeah, on I'll, your gimbal? I'll bring the, uh, the mobile gimbal. Would you really? Yeah. Why not? That's actually around the corner from me. Yeah, perfect. What the um the treasury building? Okay, that's where where we'd have to get it done. Is that where it is? You know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Talking about podcast stuff. Uh, we're we're pre-recording. How do we we get to this? I don't know. (laughs) This is good. No, this is great. This is what it's all about. Um, no, but I wanted to get your thoughts Mm. because I did a tweet uh the other day about the um the Australian podcast ranker. Australian podcast ranker. What's that? And if you're not a podcast ranker, what is that? <laughs> so the podcast ranker, you might have seen it in the um, news a few months ago, oh, probably six months ago. Commercial 
like radio, oh, it's the commercial yeah, radio yeah, yeah, Australia's yeah. ranking. Isn't it done thing? by like Podcast One. No, it's uh, done by uh, Commercial Radio Australia, whatever CRA or whatever it is, and Triton Digital. Yeah, which with Triton Digital, who owns Omni, and all mm. their clients are like Podcast One, the mm. radio stations, etc. And so, this is the interesting thing, right? I reckon it's an inside job. Well, is this a Jeff Bezos conspiracy? <laughs> yeah, this is great. I mean, do we need the UN yeah, involved? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all radio shows. Yeah, so it is. So it's all radio shows. But here's the kicker, right? So I was reading, Sevs, can you actually bring up the podcast Australian podcast <laughs> ranker? And then just That's the ratio of Sevs between you yeah. guys. <laughs> Mate, I can't bring up anything. And I'm so, just playing with egg in my in my <laughs> just trying to crush it down. Just being like, am I, I gonna have to I chuck have. out this? I have, I'm ditching the hoodie. <laughs> um, it's like a toothpick, you know with a toothpick by the end of it, the wood is like you fucking uh. got splinters. Um if you Sevs look at the, the bottom of the um the ranker, it describes how they rank. The, um, so it tells you the formula, formula. for how they and get so the numbers. What I think w- would be interesting is we'll get Sevs to say it and then tell me why, if you think it's flawed and why it's flawed. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah Sevs, have you fine. found it? Is it on their website? If you just go to like radio today and you'll find like the latest one, which would, would have been like December 19 or something or 13, um, and then you click on the link and you see like you get brought up the PDF. Before, before we get to that, what do you think matters more, downloads or unique listeners? Okay. So the downloads <laughs> versus unique listeners. Who are you speaking to? Who's your audience? Yeah, I guess like what it, what's, the, what's the overall goal? So like for instance, so download, what does downloads implies versus what does unique audience or listeners imply? Mm. Unique listeners is the number of uh, people downloads how many things they're listening to. Mm. So downloads, I actually think for us, not having a huge number, we, we would prefer having smaller, unique listeners, higher downloads, yeah. which would imply that they're continually yeah, listening. More yeah. people listen. Uh, sorry, uh, people listening to more shows, more consistently. So I think that we based were, on our format as well. Yeah. So versus <laughs> if you had a high listenership what that could potentially do, especially with like an interview show. I yeah. reckon you would have a higher listenership, lower downloads. Yeah. Unique, uniques is what I yeah. look out for us. And so the unique listeners for you, if you have, um, because you push really the guest out, like the guest element is a big part of it, right? Mm. This week we've got this person on. Yeah. You'll get a segment of that audience each time. Whereas I think we probably understate the guest part of it a little bit more. So we're not gaining as big a unique listenership each time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And so for us specifically, because we do seven days, yeah, unique down. If I would actually be wrapped if our unique downloads, as, as, yeah, unique downloads, sorry, not unique downloads. Unique listeners. Un, unique listeners and download numbers. If unique listeners was low and the downloads were high. If we got to a point where it was like, 90% of our audience listen to fucking 30 episodes a month. That's like the best scenario. Yeah. And that so, makes sense. And so, horses for courses. Yeah. Uh, what does that actually mean, horses for courses? Cheese for chalk. Cheese <laughs> for chalk. <laughs> just made that up. They it, just it, it, two I guess, things that I guess it owes to the, the fact that it, you can't just apply every, like, you exactly. know, some one thing to everything. And so this is what I have issue with with the Australian Podcast Ranker. Can you just read? It's very short. Can you just read what it says at the bottom there, Sebs? The Australian Podcast Ranker is based on a four-week reporting period. The entity's 
listed are ranked by average weekly downloads Monday to Sunday in accordance with the latest IAB um, technical measurement guidelines. Okay. So, okay, so average weekly downloads. So if you are a radio state, so commercial so radio. So Jason PJ is going to do better than Will Anderson's philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? Because he will have an, one episode every two weeks or a week, whereas Jason PJ will be doing five mm-hmm. a week. And so plus you, a bonus episode. Yeah, and so if you were a radio station and you wanted to play the finite game of trying to rank well, what would you do? If you were in strategy and it's like- For a radio station. Yeah, so for instance, like the radio station, because it's mainly radio stations, right? Yeah. Or if it was anyone. If you're on the ranker and it's like, we want to get to number one, what is a strategy that you would implement? So you want to get- <sighs> The you want to get the weekly, weekly downloads, downloads up. I don't know, man. I was actually I spoke to Jace mm-hmm. the other week when he came in about how do they boost mm-hmm. listeners, and he honestly believes it's all in marketing. It's not like you consistently gain more listeners over time mm-hmm. um, for a radio show like theirs, or let's say on this podcast ranking list. Mm-hmm. But it is is when they do marketing that they actually see a boost. So I get that in the grand scheme of things. How about this, right? This is what I would this is what I straight away went to and what we've seen happen since September and it's like getting worse. Uh, if you are doing say 5 days a week, you could say okay, go do 7 days a week. If it's like Monday to Sunday, it's getting um, uh, sort recorded. of recorded or analyzed, mm. do more shows. Then the other thing is okay, if it is download numbers, what happens if you segment your shows? Like rather than putting up the whole like, oh, the show. Right. So are people doing that? And so, yeah, what's been happening and what I tweeted about was uh, what most, uh, there's a couple of companies, radio companies that are doing this, networks, where they're not being outrageous with it, but what they're doing is saying, we're going to post uh, into the feed a, our one-hour show, but then for every one of those, we're also doing like, a six-minute segment of one of the bits. Mm. And so then what you have doubled your down, weekly download numbers by adding double the amount of content. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I, I mean, what, do you, what are they meant to – no one's going to hold them accountable though. So, but so really this matter. is the thing. So what's the mm. point of it? So then you've got to start asking. It's like if we – because I don't uh, – I'm not negative against the people who are doing it because it's just a strategy that would actually work if you're – if mm. your boss says we need to increase downloads per week, mm. it's like, oh fuck! Well, why don't we just um, why don't we break it up yeah. with Jason PJ? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if I was uh, looking at it from a purely numbers point of view, I'd say, okay, you know that pre pre show uh, bit that you do, make that its own yeah. thing, which they, which they have been doing. Oh, they've do, been doing like mini episodes mm. every now and then. Yeah, and yeah. so like yeah, but there are companies that are going really hard where you see it. So what what do you think about the the ranker? Like, is there a way of doing this? How I guess I, I, this is a this is a, a more f- not philosophical but like strategic question. Mm-hmm. When I think I messaged you like after Jace's interview about mm-hmm. how, how like because one of the things I asked him is how do so we're in this sort of in between period, right? Like it's obvious that indie. Or, or smaller production teams like this can exist in a world of entertainment and do well, right? So we know, we know that is the case. Most of the, the ways that it is done is, you know, you publish through iTunes, YouTube, et cetera. You've still got 
the the ARNs, the SCAs of the world where they're now cottoning on to that. So how how do you get to a point where we as the indies can compete with that because they have the marketing budgets that we don't have? And I guess that was one of the things I messaged you about is mm. like there's something in, I don't know, I feel like there's something in billboards. There's something in developing uh, or banding together for a lot of these largest uh, indie podcasts mm-hmm. and doing something around pulling funds to market. Well, I think better, if you in a mainstream sense, because you've got to spend it, a minimum amount with the and if you ca- and if you sort of step sideways to go, the radio stations are commercial entities, so they need to make money, and a way to make money is by selling podcast advertising. One of the ways to sell podcast advertising is look like you have huge numbers or have lots of downloads, because when you're talking with any brand, they want to understand. How many downloads do you guys get? Mm, yeah. And it can't be low, has to be high. Yeah. A podcast ranking that is exclusive to or seemingly at the start exclusive to radio stations, these networks, is a brand piece or a marketing piece mm. that people will look to. I was at a person's house that's in a tech industry but was in marketing and said, reference that list, right? Said, oh, yeah, I saw the Australian radio things, you know, I'm Shandy. I see, so they're – you see how it creating something like that is serving the commercial yeah. networks I mean, to was, sell advertising to fund their business, yeah, right? It was created by the association. Yeah. And so, so I mean, then, that, that's, that's then on marketers who are buying from these radio stations to keep them accountable, but also more kudos to the radio stations for coming up with a, a mm. non-biased system that gives them more props, if that makes sense. But I think that the- um, So why don't we just do that? Well, so I, I think we are. We're doing it right this second. Now I'll tell you, like the, the difference between doing the billboard thing, everyone, you guys are getting ready, fucking fixing yeah. your posture, <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting yeah. ready for it. If you want to do yeah. this, you need to get the, the shameless uh, podcast of the world on board to yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the billboard, I mean, the thing on the billboard, so putting uh, an ad on a billboard for us we basically need to convince 80% of the people who are in the cars that they should be listening to podcasts at all. Mm. They're not, like they're currently not doing it. And so uh, what I like about the radio industry and what they're doing is every time they say, download our podcast, go to iHeart, download the podcast, they are increasing the amount of people who are listening to podcasts. What I think that we can do and the best marketing that we can have is cross-pollination by being on each other's shows. Mm. Because then if someone hears this right now, the audience size is 100% of the audience that is listening to this listens to podcasts, Mm. which means the translation- Unless you're watching on YouTube and have never downloaded a podcast in your life. (laughs) Yeah, should try it. It's good, but I, I think that there is, we've got to consider that, which is, um, yeah. that I don't think it makes any sense for us at this particular moment to spend money on mainstream Bill media, Wars. unless I think that the only reason that you would do it is if I was say ticker, so I'm like Aaron, and I want to raise a bunch of cash, and I want to position what I'm doing as a TV competing with TV networks, I would use things like billboards as status or as a way of Mm. demonstrating um, 
you know, the posture of being a TV network that would get people to buy in. But mm. I don't think that for us and what we're doing, it would actually increase the amount of downloads than, say, a great, um, you know, mm. podcast collaboration. Well, I guess that comes to, like, the question of, like, monetization and networks. Like, because mm -hmm. networks have been a big thing in, uh, in the US. So, I mean, when are you guys going to consider monetizing? Well, we are, like, we're definitely... We have been. Yeah, doing it, but it's been more iterative. It's been less yeah. like saying we're going to do all these ads so it starts off. Yeah, it's less ad roles and yeah. more experimental mm. stuff. Yeah, right? and mm. so like we did the Four Seasons integration, which was awesome. That was with good. 90 Sevs. We've done, we work He's with- brave boys, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> we, 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 Taking yeah. one for the team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Ventra IP, our, our web host, we've got a great relationship with them. And so it is that longer- longer game that we're we're playing mm. um but i think that you definitely hit on a important point around the network stuff like i think that the one area mm. that we want to work in or work with in 2020 is what does it look like to have a network not necessarily the traditional network of having a hundred of our own shows like sort of a podcast one but what does it mean to be an independent network so what does it mean to have the benefits of a network with people like you and, and your show? Like how do we mm. how do we create that web yeah. without having to say, hey, come on board, we're going to take a cut? Because yeah. I don't see the long-term benefits. I've just seen too many times the Southern Cross Oz stereos of the world building personal brands, building the Hamish and Andys of the world or giving mm. a platform or saying, hey, here's a room and then Hamish and Andy build this amazing thing. Hamish and Andy don't really owe SCA anything. They don't owe mm. Podcast One anything. So they can just leave at any moment and then the question becomes, what are you as a network? Yeah. And I believe that the networks are the people and unless there is actual proper buy-in for those networks, unless those people who are talent own the network, you're renting, mm. you're renting people. Yeah. I think you've got to see it like a, an industry association in a way the way the industry associations will promote the benefits of their people that are members and, mm -hmm. and work on things that are mainly like marketing or promotional related so what would you do what do you think we should do i don't know i i'm saying that i need to think about deeper I, i've i know that there is a good example in the u.s um something wolf is the name of the ear, ear, ear wolf yeah, yeah ear wolf. so they the way they did it is <clears throat> they just brought in talent and they co-promoted amongst uh, the other podcasts that they mm -hmm. have. Mm. Uh, and I think they pulled marketing dollars as well. Because another thing is like you said before about promoting podcasts and other podcasts, like um, I think I did, I, did I speak to you about PodCorn at the- um, Yeah, no, you spoke to me. We've, we've um, we registered. Yeah. So oh, like, yeah. I've noticed that um, there are other other podcasts now paying or setting campaigns up on Podcorn. Well, I've got a theory on that too. The Podcorn, quick overview. Yeah. Marketplace for podcast ads. If you go to podcast, you can sign up and there's brands looking for people. Mm -hmm. And looking so for then pod other podcasts. podcasters are now appearing as brands. Yeah. Let's say uh, um, Jordan, how, uh, what's his last name? Hub, Hub, Harbinger. Yeah, something like that. Harbinger. Oh, yeah. uh, he, uh, he's on there saying, hey, uh, I'm wanting to advertise and the thing is that if you read uh, the description, he says, 
message me with uh, your downloads numbers. And so my theory around that is that that's actually just an, an exercise in gaining data. So he wants it because I, I DM'd, mm. I had like a five minute DM with him. Um, we tried to get him on when we were in Los Angeles and he's like, first question was like download numbers and all that sort of thing. And we're like sort of quite friendly in conversation. Then as soon as he got all of our stats, it was sort of like done. And so when I then saw wow. him promoting that, I was like, ah, oh, clever. He's probably got like, seems like the type of guy that probably have a fucking VA somewhere and he's just running all these numbers and he has a good sense of like the, like it's clever. It's a good sense of the industry. So what's it doing? What's the benefit for him yeah. by so, doing that? So the benefit would be gaining uh, IP around, like there's no public way for us to really understand what sort of download numbers people are getting. Yeah. And so if you start getting a good sense and maybe there is, maybe there's 5% of what he's doing, like of that mm. uh, podcorn or whatever example, where he then goes and says they're actually really undervalued with how many people they have listening mm. versus what they're asking from advertising and then they'd spend it. But I just, I connected those two interactions. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe he's building out that thing, especially if mm. you are up at the, he's doing a lot of work in regards to like growth hacking and trying to build up his, Mm. His podcast. I have ex- it's pretty skeptical. I've, I've never listened to his podcast. Uh-huh. He's yeah. probably never he, listened to yours. Yeah. So. It's, all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, yeah. he was on the. Yeah, he was on the. Um, he had the Art of Charm podcast. That was his, and then um, yeah, they he rebranded or well, he left that and, and is doing that now. Mm. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a. Um, it feels like a small community here in Australia. It does. It is small. Australia is small. I mean, in comparison. Well, I don't know what I can't. I haven't looked at the latest ABC. Like uh, you know how they collect that data on mm. wh- how many people are actually listening to podcasts and whatnot. Which which makes me wonder around like how do you how do you make it mm-hmm. in this space here? Because I feel like you know th- this is one thing that we had with our show where we've moved away from the mics and gone towards more of a an interview mm-hmm. show style setting. Um, is thinking about do you pitch the show to do a series on like a network or something like mm-hmm. that? Like where's our place mm-hmm. in the market and how do you make it main, mainstream, I guess? I think it like we're trying to be a little bit more like platform agnostic. So it's not mm. like we're – and that's what you're doing as well, like talking about it being a show rather than just a podcast. Yeah. I think what, what about if you approach any creative project with you're not going to be the megastar. You're not going to be the Tom Cruise of acting, the yeah. Logan Paul of YouTube, but which are the unicorns. Mm. They're, the, they're the grain of sand in the world. Like mm-hmm. in the- That's very poetic. Uh, 100%. <laughs> um, that's, I'm a poetic guy. Sands you know? of time. Yeah. 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 It's, it was a, it's a single strain of hair. I was trying to just really a, give it that perspective. Horse. Um, horses for horses. And then so you go, well, what is the other options? Mm-hmm. The other options is isn't competing for the- the you're not playing the status games of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it comes back to the fact of what what is it that you actually want from what you're doing. I mean, to be honest, if if I just continue doing the podcast, we don't make any money, and we just make our money through the creative side of the business, I'd be quite happy. Mm. Isn't that monetizing the podcast then? Like yeah. this is where I think the the framing. But this is lifestyle creep. This is what happens when you get to a certain level and you keep improving and you start. You just keep asking yourself these. You have 
ideas of uh, what's the word like grandioseness. Mm. If that makes I think sense. I've got lifestyle creep with my book, my books, and um, that wine cellar. I want to. Oh be my able god! To... I was listening to that last night. Um, Are you on board? Well, so I used to work as a sommelier when I was in. That's like a uni. wine specialist. Wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't remember what what was the rationale for you even doing it. Having wine Which bit, or what? The wine bit or the the, the, the cellar, bit? the cellar. The cellar is just he like just, a, it was a piece of information. The story where he walked through his cellar into the yeah. wine, which and is a reason, weird thing to have your your books I was through actually, your wine cellar yeah. into another room. Well, no, so what I was doing was anchoring the financials. So it's easier for me to sell to Bree. Like, hey, yeah. what I'm talking about spending on books is. Mm. A month is only like three bottles of good wine. Mm. I, I I would say that it's a better investment buying the books anyway. Yeah, because you, you consume as an the wine. You're going to have a, a far more exponential. Return. You got to read the books though, the Jordan. Wine. You have to read them. He doesn't read them to get the I return. Read do you read all the books you buy? Um, you got a few books in your. I do. In your yeah. All the one. I feel like the ones that you have in the background, you maybe read because there's. <laughs> Just I've, in case I've read it gets them asked. all except for one that are, the ones that are up in this little corner because for. A while I was buying like fifty at a time, and I read right. through yeah, the year. That's right. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. But you now, listen to Tim Ferriss as well, hadn't you, mate? Yeah. Now I'm not. Um, Actually, I also need to check George's mum from Byron Bay, so she'll potentially buy my stock. Great. <laughs> on writing, so I need to check how many copies I have. Yeah, great. We'll do that today. And I need to also find a fair price. I want to be fair. Yeah. Like I really, I don't even. Yeah. What do you? What are the? Was it going for? Anyway, don't yeah. Worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the wine the th- yeah, so the wine thing. So if I want to get into wine, because I'm always seeing you and Lauren at like Red yeah, Hill yeah, so, or some so shit. So we would, we would buy a couple bottles a year, like eight bottles a year that are nice and we'll put them away in Lauren's dad's. You just said made a couple us- and then you said eight. Is that lifestyle cream? Uh, you said a couple of no, bottles, eight bottles. I don't know. Eight is a small number as opposed to 100 or whatever it yeah, was yeah. that you came up with. Well, 100 is over a long period of time but do you hold on to wine and not drink it i rotate them so like we're drinking wines that we bought in 2012 at the moment so when we good went year. to europe we good bought, year good yeah, great good blend year. well great they're year. not from 2012 we just bought them in 2012 but it's still great year yeah like the wines are fantastic we have a lot of good memories like for us it's from about 2012 the memories yeah because we we're traveling in europe and so you want to drink as much <laughs> wine that you forget the memory is that the idea no, no it's so, just it's not yeah, like yeah. i yeah, I, I, like I enjoy, idea. like, you, you got a big Greek fan. I only open it at, like, birthdays, Christmases, Easters. Really? I so don't not on a Wednesday much. night? No. Nah. What if the party is on Wednesday night? Yeah, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go to, like, Blackheart and Sparrows and buy, like, a $40, $50 bottle. Where's that? Is that in? There's a couple around here. Like, there's one in Smith Street in Collingwood. Mm-hmm. What's the most expensive wine you've drank? Drink. So drank. there used to be a guy. Do you guys know um, the guy who owns Specsavers? Have you ever seen... Him on the ads, you know the old Specsavers, Specsavers. ads. Isn't that and where your mum works? Does she work at Specsavers? Yeah. yeah, I don't know if she knows the owner though. The yeah. owner used to be in the ads. He's sort of got like a comb over, comb over hair, sort of smart looking dude. He'd always cross his arms at the end and say some line. But should he go on a Specsavers? Yeah, he something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. I mean, that's he, a line. he used to say that. Anyway, so he, I worked at the botanical as a wine waiter. This is when the botanical. Went into receivership and where is no, the botanical? Or is that's that on um, botanical gardens. No. Domain, road, domain road. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. good spot. So I got a job as a sommelier when I shouldn't have because all I had was experience as a waiter who really liked wine, but they couldn't hire anyone because everyone's like, "Fuck, the botanical went broke." Blah blah blah. Get this job. I'm working like forty hours a week, and on Saturdays you get this guy who'd come in and he'd buy and like a bottle of Lafitte Rothschild, which is like a two thousand dollar bottle, three thousand dollar bottle. 
and he'd have it with a plate of cheese. He'd sit there for two hours By himself? on his own Far and he'd leave me like this much and I've still got all the bottles at home. What he said to you, mate, he's a bit. You yeah, want he, he'd always leave me like half a glass. And he'd, and he'd say though, this is for you. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real fanny cheese. It was a real power oh, move yeah, yeah. too. No, like you leave feeling no good. Yeah, he's like, I am so wealthy yeah. that I will leave you yeah. this half. Did you count? Were you like, okay, that was a two and a half bot, grand bottle? No, That's not about really. I just, I just enjoyed it. And like, so, and wait, was, so it, was it good? It was it good? Did you yeah, say that you have the bottles still? Yeah, I've got them. They're on the they, book. They're have on they the got shelf. the drink in them or no? No, because no, it goes back. Because you, yeah, I didn't drink it, Josh, and I just left it in the bottle. No, but as in, like, I thought. Because once you've opened it, it's fucked. You need to drink it straight away. Yeah, you drink it straight away. I I would let others taste it just so they 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 could learn what this wine tastes like. Yeah. I love that you just this all of a sudden. Yeah. I'll let you have some. George <laughs> become a real bitch since <laughs> since the Specsaver guys. That's the job you though, because you'd be doing training for people and you want uh-huh. them to see what these. What does it taste to- like? What is a two and a half thousand dollar bottle of wine? How does it taste different Basically, to the twenty three dollar one from Dan Murphy's? Uh, I reckon there is uh, not much difference between. It depends on the wine and who who makes it. Honestly, yeah. you can you can buy a thirty dollar bottle at uh, Blackheart and Sparrows, and it'll be far better than a two hundred dollar bottle that you'll find at Dance. I, I often find because it's dependent on the quality of the winemaker. But when you get to that level, you're you're tasting wines that are made by uh, a machine that basically Yuck. removes all imperf- not a machine machine, yeah. but like a system that removes okay, sure. all imperfections. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the wine, uh, through the age of the vines, through the mm-hmm. processes in which they make it. Um, so is organic important? Uh, depends. Do you get uh, for Lauren? It does. She gets red flush if she has like lots of sulfur uh-huh. uh, based wines. Oh, I saw. Um, I think it was Gemma's mum. She's allergic to something in the red wine. Yeah, so yeah. she had wine drops. And you ah. put it into the wine, and Jeez, it's- that's next level, isn't it? I'm fucking having this drink. I'm putting in the. the <laughs> I thought it was a great already. idea. Oh, they look, they look cute little drops. Well, it's just like people who can, yeah. it's like Mikey with his dairy. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Has his um like fucking lactose. Well, yeah, you have lactose. It. Like just at that point, well, you have your cheese, and then you smash your lactase. It's like a that's fine. Have smoke your cheese with and an eat lactase. Pump. That's very funny. <laughs> yes, back to these wines from 2012. We bought a lot of stuff in Italy in this place in Pienza, where it's a wine shop owned by an old bloke who knows the region and he would just buy local wineries and he'd buy like a case of every single wine they'd make mm-hmm. and not really like is going for these medium sort of wineries, these wineries that hadn't been around as long, but now they've been around for a while. And so we like bought bottles that were from 1986 that were 15 euro and we right. brought back and there's none of them reckon? in Australia and they were fucking amazing. And so how do you, what's the, because I could get around this, so import bringing it in. You can bring... I don't know what it is, 90 serves, but... Uh, the certain amount of literage? That you can bring like four or five bottles or something like it's that. It's not much, is it? It's each, not much. I guess each. Each per person. So, so when like we 10. brought it back, we brought back like 10 yeah, bottles. Yeah, 2.25 litres per adult. Yeah. So my brother brought back a stash when he left France and then I brought a stash back with, um, mm. with uh, Lauren. Should we be doing this? Like if we ever go to Europe, is it just a... Honestly, Josh, no. Really? He, I mean, if you go to Europe, you don't sure. know what you're doing. Like, or you you need to know what. Because I'll just go to the Dan Murphy's equivalent in I mean, yeah. London. Isn't, or isn't something. it just another thing to do? Yeah, isn't isn't that what life is? Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. I don't know. I'll go to Wings and Sparrows or whatever you said. Black Hearts and Sparrows yeah. is Black really Hearts. good. All right. 
Mm. Uh, Jordan, we should uh, make this a regular action. Maybe we I'd would. Love that. Would you do? I need it? to have you guys back. Yeah, it's been a while since you were on. I mean, the thing is that your format's obviously that found like the that biographical sort of thing. Mm. Could we do? I guess we can't really do banter. Well, if we came back, what would you like to talk about? Just we can do banter. I mean, okay. I, I think um, it's horses for courses. Um, Chalk for cheese. Yeah, it just it just depends. I mean, we get guests on regularly now, mm-hmm. which we just it's more it's more of a banter style. Yeah. But I enjoy How that. are you fitting three people into your setup? Have you done uh, it yet? We haven't done it. Yet. Yeah, How many seats? You got? You got? You've got If you want to have Josh around to talk to you about. <laughs> Books he hasn't read. What is it? Like I'd love to do wine. Like no, wine and books. So how? I mean, are you stingy with your wine? Like if I was to hang <laughs> out with you, if I no, but if I was hanging out with you, would you be like, ah, like no, here, I have some wine, I'm, or are you like, no, Lauren, this is Lauren and my thing. Like that, that fucking glass. That's six, I'll always get something nice because I don't drink very frequently. No, but as in, say, if I was to hang out with you, yeah, and like we came over and we had dinner, yeah. What would I would do? you open up wine? Uh, I would probably go to Black Hearts and Sparrows and buy like a forty, fifty dollars. Okay, do you sure. talk about the wine when you're there? Yeah, I'd, I'd w- I want to know about what's who made it, where's it from, and would you tell the people it? at? Yeah, so this is where so I this is like, this is how you used to sell as a sommelier. You could bring a bottle that's a hundred and two hundred dollars next to each other. And if the story's better on the two hundred dollar one, yeah. they'd take that. And so, yeah. what's the what's the ethics around like um or the social sort of stuff? Because say Sevs and I went to uh, Gems uh, New Year's Eve party, mm. and we brought some alcohol, and then she said, "Now is this for the fridge or for the esky?" First of all, I'm like, "What's the difference?" Do you guys know what the difference is in regards to? I don't know. Fridge Do you want to drink esky? it right now, or you want to put it in the fridge for later? Fridge or esky though. Esky. Esky is like Esky's quick like, accessibility. Yeah. What What was it? What was the alcohol? What it, was wasn't, it? it wasn't red wine. It was Talk champagne. To, I'd love to see what the audience thinks about esky etiquette. You know, do yeah, you, so what is, is it beers only? Is it beers and wine? And so because like the wine labels can start to, some of them can start to sort of peel off. You've never had yeah, wine Yeah, but you're drinking white wine or rosé at that point. It's like yeah. churning. You're just churning through that shit. Esky's like ready to go. Yeah. Unless it's an esky off to the side that is closed mm. that, you like put some shit in there that you want. There were two eskies. Were there two eskies? Yeah, I don't know. If what anything, at Gemma's house, it, the ready to go is in the esky. But so Quick what we drink. But what we did, Bree and I were like, we ended up having like margaritas and stuff, and we're like, oh, we didn't actually need the champagne, and so we're like, let's leave it for Gemma. Yeah. And we told her the next day, like, we left you some champagne. Or like Dom Perignon. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, it's not there. And she did a whole investigation oh, and found fuck. her um pregnant <laughs> friend, pregnant friend had drank it. Drank a glass, not a bottle. Yeah, with her friends. You can't drink so, a fucking bottle when you're no, pregnant. Can no, you? you can't. You can or you can't. No, you, you probably shouldn't. You probably Amy no, had, Amy had a, gla- a half a glass. Yeah. I'm not promoting it. I mean, look, my mum drank and smoked for the first uh, three months when she was pregnant with me. She didn't yeah. even know. Yeah. I, I really? Oh, all right. Yeah. Just can't swallow sometimes. Go to Michael Edies. Thanks, buddy, for coming on the show. Uh, let's, yeah, we'll do it again and have a, have a wine or something. Awesome. Oh, that'd be good, an episode with a wine. Yeah, I'd love that. Red let's wine. Let's do that. Let's Can, do yeah, that. and I'll, uh, offline, I'll, I'll I want to get something. a list. Wine library. We're gonna, oh, yeah, yeah. We need maybe three bottles, not to get through them all, but to taste the difference and hear the stories from mm. Jordan. Five, five seconds. The empathy wine thing. 
all rah-rah or actually good wine? It's okay. It's rah-rah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> and that's not because Gary V didn't show up. You know, No, just no, it's, it's just okay, Rosé. Okay. Okay, Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title of the show. It's a daily talk show. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, check out Jordan's podcast every single Tuesday, is it, when you release uh, it? Or? Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, with uh, a guest every day. It's called Uncommon. Just type that in. Uh, otherwise, see you tomorrow, guys. See you guys. Yeah.